0: Today I wanted to share with you some of the most important business lessons I have learned throughout my journey and today's episode is a little bit different what you're gonna be listening to is actually a recorded lesson taken from my program, The Dishing Up Digital School. For those who aren't familiar, this is a course for social media managers or aspiring social media managers who want to live a life of freedom on their own terms. We have had over 80 students through this program and I'm very, very proud of it. And for those of you who are regular podcast listeners, I wanted to give you a little bit of an insight into what it's like to be on a live training call with me. With the Dishing Up Digital School, not only do you get access to a library of incredible self-study video lessons and workbooks and tutorials and all of that good stuff. Oh, and also templates. Can't forget the templates. So handy. But we also have our Facebook community. And this is where you can ask me questions. You can get your pictures or Packages and prices audited from me. You can pick my brain about anything. And I also do live sessions. And this particular one is from a few months ago now, but I think a lot of the lessons are pretty timeless that I talked about. So we're going to jump right into that recording. And I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. If you want more information about the Dishing Up Digital School, as always, it will be linked down below in the description. Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen, a former nine-to-five escapee turned six-figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you wanna take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. today's topic. Today's topic is all about the mistakes I've made in my business. I saw someone else had done a podcast episode on this and I was like, hey, that's a pretty cool topic because one of my whole things about doing this coaching, doing, doing the membership, doing my courses is I'm just super passionate about helping other people who are me a couple of years ago, you know, I did this, I built this business on my own and I had coaches who helped me, but I never had someone who was specifically doing what I was doing, no one who was a social media manager. So I had very much generic business coaches. And for me, what I love doing is kind of like imparting my wisdom or just letting people know sort of things that I did and what I'd do differently and helping you guys get on the expressway, you know, get on the highway. Just skip all of the things that I did wrong, the detours I took and make sure you guys can build an even better business from the get-go. Um, so that's that's the whole vision. And that's why I thought today's topic would be quite interesting. So I've fit, written my five my five mistakes in my notebook. To be honest, there could probably be more than five mistakes, uh, but we'll just leave it at five for this, la- this live stream. Maybe we could do a part two. <laughs> so the first mistake that came to mind when I started planning this live session was thinking that everything has to be done the right way way, right, being in air quotes, because I think one of the coolest things about running an online business, whether you're a social media manager, a coach, a course creator, a virtual assistant, graphic designer, copywriter, all of these awesome online, you know, entrepreneurship avenues, I think the coolest thing is we get to make our own rules. And one of the reasons why I left the whole corporate world was because I didn't love the rules. I didn't love the, the you know, the red tape, the rule boxes, all of these things, you know, the, 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 the boxes you had to tick to get anything done. Everything was very just corporate. And I'm someone who likes to move fast. I like to get things done. And those sort of rules really frustrated me. And it was funny because I think for the first few months of my business, I found my way, myself slipping into these corporate habits when it came to running my own business, which meant like, okay, everything has to have a system. Everything has to be done just right. And it has to be done the same way for every single client because that's the system and that's the way things are done. Like you always come back to this, this, the same, that's the way things are done. And for me, I actually think this is such a big, a big kind of negative aspect of being a, service, a service-based entrepreneur or a negative quality or mindset or mind frame to have. Because for me, our job as service-based entrepreneurs is to serve. Our job is to make someone's life easier. And I think if we're trying to make all of our clients fit into our nice little neat boxes of you know the systems and the strategies, and this is exactly how everything works, and this is how a client on board, and this is how I see my client posts, and this is how everything works. If we try to put everyone into a specific box... It's not going to work for every single client, right? It's not going to work for all of them. It might clash with some of their systems. And I just think you're not doing yourself justice and you're not like providing a great service. You're not being the easy breezy service-based entrepreneur. You're not being someone who's an asset to their business. Instead, you're being someone who's kind of making things more difficult, So when I finally kind of let go of this thinking like, oh, but I have to do everything the right way. I have to do it like this. I have to make sure all of my clients are organized in the same way. And it's all neat and tidy because that means my business will be efficient. And that's true to a certain extent. We need organization. We need a strategic sort of plan. We need systems in place. But sometimes people go overboard and they push clients away because they try force them into their systems. So something that, that was a mistake that I made and something that I really changed was working with my clients to create unique systems and systems in place that worked for their business. So what I mean by this, what I mean by systems is, I used to have, um, those of you who have been through the Disrupt Digital School, you will know that I used to organize everything for my clients via Google Drives. So everything was in a Google Drive, in a Google Doc, and it was all organized that way. And then I had a client who couldn't use Google Drive. She was just really not into her technology. It was all too difficult. Um, and it really frustrated me. I tried to force her into this Google Drive structure because that's the way it was done in my business, right? That's the way things were organized. That's how things were done neatly. And I was trying to force her to get it. And eventually I just kind of gave up. And I was like, oh, this is just too difficult. What I'm just going to do is email her her week of posts, week, uh, week of posts so or like three or four posts at a time. I'm just gonna email it. It's gonna be like post one bold, the caption, post two, and then the text below the caption. And then I'll attach the images all in order labeled post one, two, and three. So it's super, super easy for her to understand. And she loved it. And funnily enough, she has been one of my longest standing clients and we still run her business like that. That's still how we run her social media. And it was really eye-opening for me because it made me realize not everyone's going to love my perfect little systems. They're not going to love the right way that I do everything. And what made me the ideal social media manager for her and one that finally stuck because she had worked with a few other people was the fact that I could adapt my systems to work with her, that I could step out of this mindset of doing everything in this perfect little box and doing it the right way and be like focus instead on okay let's ignore the right way let's just ignore I mean (laughs) let's ignore the right way and let's focus on her way how can I do it my client's way how can we create a system that works for them likewise I have had clients who wanted to be more involved in the process and the google drive just didn't quite work in terms of like commenting and messaging each other and making edits and all of this stuff so that was when I transitioned into using Trello boards so there I already have three different ways that I manage content and run a sort of my strategy with three different clients. Then I had a new client who I started working with this year who loved my Trello boards, but was like, hey, I actually use Notion, which is another software just like Trello, just like Asana, um, all of those things. I think ClickUp's another one, very similar. And uh, they were like, look, can we just transition what you're doing over to Notion? Because that's where we have our our, other copywriter and our blog writer and our rest of our team. And that makes total sense. (laughs) So it was really easy for me to just be like, okay, adapt my system. No, it's not my right way to do things but I'm going to do it because it's the right way for my client. So that was a really big lesson for me, just learning to actually just let things go a little bit and not to be the super hyper controlling corporate girl who has to have everything done her way. And instead, just relax and listen to what my clients needed and provide the ultimate service that suits them. Customize things a little bit and and doing that, like there's definitely um, differences in my pricing. So for my clients that have Trello boards or work on notion because it's a lot more hands-on it's a lot more back and forth i charge them all for that versus some of my clients that are still using the google drive method because they're very relaxed they just let me take total control and they don't need to proofread things or they don't need to check captions or check posts they're just like boom go ahead alan then i'm not going to charge them as much because it's a lot less work for me so that was lesson or oh, mistake number one that i made forcing myself to do things the right way let's check number two number two letting clients push boundaries and use me. This is such a common thing for service-based entrepreneurs, especially when you're just starting out because you just want to please people, right? You are new to the business world and you just want to do the best that can be done. You know, you want to make your client happy and if they're unhappy, you'll do anything to make them feel better or you'll make do anything to solve the situation. And this was a really bad habit that I got into because it kind of like blurred these boundaries with my clients. It meant that I would reply to an email at 8 p.m. at night It meant that I would do work for people on a Saturday or Sunday, or if they messaged me and they're like, Hey, can you do this for me? Um, can you do this like post for me? Or can we change this post or do these stories? I would turn around and do it in the same day. And, and some might think that's a great thing. They're like, Oh, what great service. And that's what I thought as well. You know, my clients were reply and be like, Oh, that, thank you for doing that so fast. I appreciate it so much. And in certain situations, I'll still do that. You know, if it's a certain event, if there's a certain launch or a sale or something that's, you know, last minute, or, you know, something like a lot lockdown and we have to change all our posts I totally will do that but my point was was I would do it when it wasn't necessary just to please people and then I would create this bad sort of boundary or habit and that my clients thought that I could just turn things around within a couple of hours and they would start pushing that boundary and asking for things every week asking for all these last minute changes last minute posts and it created this bad relationship between us and then they felt that that was okay and it was okay to do that all the time whereas for me I was like oh yeah I'll do this one odd thing for you to make you really happy and they're like. And they take it as, oh look, Ellen's so amazing. She can do this for me all the time. So having these boundaries in place, having proper work hours, even if like you wanna work on a Saturday, that's totally fine, but don't email your clients on a Saturday. They don't need to know that you're working on a Saturday because then they'll expect you to work next Saturday and maybe you don't wanna work then. And that's the awesome thing about, again, being an online entrepreneur is we have this flexibility. We have the ability to design our own hours and our own work schedules, but we can't let our clients control it, right? We can't let them back break down those boundaries and enforce these expectations because the reality is these people are only paying you a couple of hundred, maybe a couple of thousand dollars a month. They're not your direct kind of like boss. I mean, they their boss in, in a way, they're employing you as a contractor, but it's different from a normal corporate structure where you have your boss and your employee. You're in a contractor and you work for many, many businesses. So they can't expect to have your 110% attention 24-7 all the time, every day of the week, because you have other clients to work with. And if they want that kind of attention, then they need to hire you full-time or pay you, I don't know, $20,000 a month because you're doing that level of work with them. So hopefully that makes sense. I've done a whole live session actually previously about creating boundaries with your clients. Um, it's something that I'm really big on and still trying to improve myself because once again, I started with this bad habit. So I created this foundation of bad habits and bad boundaries. And then it takes so long to kind of rework them from scratch and make them, you know, better. Um, so I'm still in that process with some of my clients of, of enforcing those boundaries because I let them have their way for so long. It's, it's hard to go back. So mistake number three, we're up to. Okay, Mistake number three is a really boring one. <laughs> it's one of the first things that came to mind and that was not registering for GST sooner. Now, for those of you who are from overseas, you are gonna be like, what the hell is a GST? Um, it's basically a form of tax here in New Zealand. I think in the UK, you have something called a VAT. Um, a VAT or something like that. And GST stands for goods and services tax. And this is something for you only have to pay if your business or if you are earning over 60,000 New Zealand dollars a year. So like your annual income. Um, So I... I knew within my heart that I was going to break that in my first year. In fact, I'd kind of, or I was already halfway there for, through my side hustle. I knew I was going to have to register for GSD, but for me, I had a, a session with an, with an accountant when I started my business, a little training session. And to be honest, they weren't a very good accountant. I probably should have found someone else and done a little bit more research and got someone who was better to give me better advice. Um, and they told me like, Oh yeah, you can register for GST, but you don't have to. And they're just very, wishwashy about it, like, oh yeah, no, it's fine. And so I was like, oh, you know what, I'll just register for it when I pass the threshold. And it was just like <laughs> it was just annoying and and those of you who who don't have GSD in your country, uh, you can kind of take a lesson from this as well in that it's so much better to set up your accounting properly from the beginning. Set up everything that needs to be in place from the get-go. From the start, you need to start acting like a proper professional business. So for me, I did set up a separate business account for my, I mean, a separate bank account for my business, which was fantastic. Great first step if you haven't done that already. So make sure all your your concerns, word woman all of your transactions coming through that bank account are business related. So you get paid into that account. If you have any expenses like your canvas subscription or your zoom subscription, or you buy a fancy microphone like mine, um, those all go through that one account and it makes it really easy to track your expenses and you know your income outcome of your business. That's a great first step. But all of these little things you need to have in place from the beginning of your business, because for me, it was such a pain to then go back and register for GST and go through all of these processes and I'd like I had already done half that work as well I like had set up my accounting I had my what is it? Your are like I numbers, like all of those numbers and official things that you need anytime you talk to the IRD or the tax people, the tax man. And then I had to go through it all again, register for my GST. And, and then I realized GST was actually a really good thing to have for my business. I didn't really understand that how it worked. When I first talked to this accountant, I thought in, in my head, I was charging clients more money. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to put people off if I have to charge New, New Zealand businesses more money. Um, but then I realized everyone's GST gets written off. So my clients that i then went to and was like hey i have to charge TSD now they were like oh congrats it's exciting and like no worries because there was just a write-off for them like their gs they pay their gst and the gst i charge them comes off their gst this is going to make no sense to other people from other countries or people who just don't know anything about gst but my point being was i just wish i had set up everything that needed to be set up for my business and in terms of the accounting and in terms of my tax from the get-go i got halfway there i had my business business account I set up my business software, accounting software, about 10 months into my business when I went full time. So I did do some things, but I just didn't go all the way. And I just think it's so worth investing that time and energy and researching this um, from, from the beginning and implementing it from the beginning because it just, it just for me, it like makes sense now in hindsight, and I think it will save you time and money. So mistake number four of five. <sighs> Lots of small clients. That's all I wrote down for that mistake. And you guys will have heard me talk about this in quite a few of my previous live streams. I think I've mentioned it in podcasts, but I made a real shift, a real proactive shift from the beginning of this year, I want to say, in my business where I went from a different business structure and that last year in 2020, my focus was to get as many clients as possible, right? And I did that. In December, I got up to working with 15 clients. 15 clients for the month of December. That's crazy, and it was it was particularly in particular because um, it's Christmas and everyone wants to spend extra money on marketing around Christmas. Um, but it was just it was just too much. You're just even with my my team member Fleur, I outsourced two accounts entirely to her. It was still too much, and for me, what I was doing that was a bad business structure was I was going for heaps and heaps of accounts or for heaps and heaps of clients for low cost. So I had probably 15 of those clients or five, five of those 15 clients were paying me around two to three hundred dollars a month, New Zealand. USD, it's 140 US dollars at the moment. So that is that is so low. And that's what I like discourage all of my students from doing. I'm like, charge higher, show your worth. But it, it wasn't a matter of me like undercutting myself. It was just me taking on clients and only doing like two posts a week or only doing posts and not doing engagement or stories or or hashtags or all of these little things. It was really trimmed down packages because I just wanted to get as many clients as possible. And I really shifted that structure this year and made such an incredible change and something that's really changed my life and changed my business. And that's just like scrapping all these little guys. (laughs) That sounds really aggressive. And then yes, these little guys, these small businesses helped me build my business and build my confidence, build my experience and give me great testimonials. But once I, I reached that, one and a half year mark of my business, they were no longer serving me. They were pulling me down, they were draining me of energy. And what I did was I got rid of those people and instead focused on my higher ticket clients. So I focused instead on having less clients who paid me more money than having lots of clients who didn't pay me huge sums of money. So my business structure really changed and now I work with five clients every month. So it's gone from 15 to five. Um, and then I have a few like extras. So sometimes it might go up to nine clients a month, but that's when I'm doing like one-off Instagram makeovers or one-off photo shoots, product shoots with people. Um, but this the, the average, the solid um, five, and I actually haven't taken on any new ones in like four months i want to say so that's the the solid regular five people Um, and yeah that's that's the structure for my business now and i love it because it means i can be so much more focused it means i can send off really nice big fat invoices Um, and yeah yeah it's been a really nice change for me and i really wish i i mean i i think it played an important part in in the growth of my business and getting started working with those smaller businesses lower prices building experience understanding instagram and social media more um, so it's not like that I regret it, but I, I do wish I could go back in time a little bit and maybe like shake down past Ellen and be like, you need to find better clients. These people aren't treating you right. Cause that's the other thing with small clients. I often find that they're the most demanding and the most, um, high maintenance, <laughs> let's just say uh, high maintenance clients. Yeah. So not worth, not worth the $300 a month. And that brings me to mistake number five, the final mistake I wish I knew when I first started my business was just not believing in myself enough. And it was really my, my attitude to starting a business was I, I had somewhat of belief in myself. I don't think you start a business being totally, completely lacking your faith in yourself, but I, I don't think I realized how important self-belief and self-confidence was When you're an entrepreneur and i talk about this a lot as um in in my podcast on my all of my live streams in my courses if you've done um get the gram or if you've done dishing up digital school everything always starts with mindset and confidence and that is because it's been the most important lesson for me as a business owner i don't think i would have gotten this far if i hadn't done that work on my confidence if i hadn't you know really tried hard to believe in myself And I think contrasting to when I first started, I definitely, again, it kind of links with the boundaries ideas. I let my clients kind of walk all over me and and control me and create the the systems and and my create my business hours be like this is when you're going to do my work for me i let them do that because i didn't believe in myself because i didn't see myself as that expert i'm getting like so emotional (laughs) actually because it does make me feel emotional like i i think a lot of you guys might relate to this as well when you're starting a business and maybe on the outside you're like yeah i got this but deep down you're like shit in your pants because you're like, oh my gosh, can I do this? Am I actually good enough? I don't actually know enough about social media. Like who am I to think I can run this business? Who am I to think I can like run this Instagram page for this other business? And I think for, for me, it's, it's been a really nice shift and in, in my mindset and in my business and the, it's had really great impacts. And it's it's a mistake, or not necessarily, kind of like a mistake, it's kind of difficult to phrase. It's it's something that I did in the beginning of my business that I wish I could again go back and be like shake down past Ellen and be like, this is actually what you need to focus on. You know, I was so focused on learning hashtag strategy, growth hacks and all of these things And I think if I could go back, I would tell Past Allen like, hey, that stuff is really great, but also make sure you're actually doing work on yourself and work on your confidence and making sure you have really good self-care routines as well as an Instagram strategy because I think those are equally important when it comes to running your own business. And yeah, that was my five mistakes. So thank you guys so much for watching. See you in the next one. Bye guys.